Welcome to the Tech Bytes Podcast, the fastest technical podcast on the internet. Today's topic is the challenge of securing remote workers. Our sponsor is NetMotion, and we're going to discuss the difficulties of getting visibility into what your remote workers are up to and striking a balance between the security of the organization and your employees' privacy. Our guest is Joel Windles. He is Chief Marketing Officer at NetMotion, though he's promised us not to get too marketing-ish. Uh, Joel, welcome to the podcast. So one of the issues of remote working is that it can be kind of a security black hole. So what are the challenges for IT with remote workers? I think the difficulty is you just don't really know what's going on. So when you have a worker sat behind a desk in an office connected to the corporate network, you can see what's going on. You can see what threats they're exposed to, see what behavior they're doing, see what they're doing that they probably shouldn't be doing. Um, but when they're sat in their living rooms, that's simply not possible. I think it's interesting that uh, we actually rely a lot on people in the office and people around them looking over their shoulder to see what they're doing. <laughs> which is kind of weird, but that's actually a reality, isn't it? We sort of rely on, yeah, that we, it's, it's funny, but, you know, people in the office knowing that there's people all around them who could be looking at them do actually behave differently to people who, as you say, sitting in the lounge room in their pyjamas. And the challenge here is not, is not only a security issue, it's actually a straight up, you know, providing a network service issue. It's not just about seeing for security. Oh, for sure. It, it's that experience too. So, Imagine you're sat behind your desk and you're not allowed to access facebook.com. Well, what's ridiculous is you could get your phone out, connect yep. to 4G and access <laughs> Facebook. And it, it's an inconsistent policy depending on where someone's working, which given right. the lockdown is not really going to work for much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess NetMotion sponsored a customer survey around working from home. What kind of stood out from, for you from the results of that survey? Well, you know, we were approaching a halfway point of this year and thought, well, everything has changed forever in IT and elsewhere, of course. And we thought, well, how can we quantify this? What's changing permanently and what might be going back? And so we pulled together, I think it was 633 people working in IT, networking and security, and uh, the US, UK, and Australia. We asked them a whole bunch of questions to try and figure this thing out. And some of the things that stood out for me were, 98% of organizations still have at least one on-premise application, or I think it was two thirds don't have enough visibility into what remote workers are doing. I mean, some of these sound self-evident, but it's still surprising that we're almost just faking it until we make it just to, <laughs> just, just to get through this slightly weird period. And I, I think there's going to be a, a reckoning at, at the end of it where it's an analysis and a reflection of, well, what do we need to do differently? Because this probably didn't really work. Yeah, well, I think it's a couple of things. It's, it's this idea that we've always had people doing some remote work and we didn't really, a lot of people who only ever worked in the office sort of treated them like a second-class citizen. And now that everybody's out of the office, people are suddenly laser-focused on productivity for everybody. So it's, about, it's partly about this productivity thing. Like how do I enable people to work remotely but at the same time, how do I keep some sort of control on them to make sure that they aren't, uh, you know, being a security risk to the main network while giving them the access to the things that they need? It's, it's a difficult balance. Like if you give somebody access to Facebook on your corporate device, there's definite issues there because a corporate can be linked even legally. Um, but if they do it from a personal device, it's the same thing. There's a whole bunch of issues in there. It's a, it's a minefield, isn't it? Because you... You don't want to make security so overbearing that 
it's not usable. Productivity is absolutely important. You don't have to log into a VPN 10 times a day and you don't want to have to have a hardware token for your multi-factor just to access something simple. But likewise, yeah. you don't want to let employees just do whatever they want because like you say, data ends up in the wrong places and exposed to threats, all kinds of problems. Well, it's different for different companies. If you work for a financial institution, you represent that institution. And if you surf you know, undesirable content from a corporate laptop, in theory, the institution can be implicated depending mm. on the jurisdiction you're in and, you know, the approach to things and, you know, what you're doing and so forth and so on. So in some cases, the company wants no control and can devolve. And in some cases, the company wants some control or all control. And I think it, it's actually such a spectrum of choice. And this is what the customer survey sort of showed me is that there's actually not a right answer here about remote access and remote working and how you get connected to the office because not everybody's all in with the cloud. They're still you know, as you said, the survey showed what 90% of people have still got an application in a data center that's core business. Yeah, I think that's something that IT and networking occasionally forgets. It's easy to focus on the technology and forget the culture. The culture of the organization is what should inform the policies and inform the technology buying. Because like you say, some organizations might say, all right, it's a WhatsApp message between one employee and another or a client and an employee, who cares? But if you're a law firm, well, hold on, that's a huge compliance problem. Uh You cannot send data via WhatsApp. And so it completely depends upon the the culture and the risk tolerance of that business. That's right. And if somebody's cyberbullying somebody or abusing them or, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of, you know, undesirable social. So I guess the question here, and we should cover this very quickly, is how does NetMotion address those customer challenges working from home? How does your technology work? Let's summarize that at least before we get go a couple more steps. Yeah, sure. So the NetMotion platform is used for a whole bunch of different things, you know, from VPN to uh, ZTNA or SDP, or even experience monitoring. But the fundamental way it works is you deploy an agent onto typically a company-owned device, and that agent monitors effectively, uh, not necessarily 24-7 if you don't want it to, Mm. but it gives the administrators access and visibility into what's going on, you know, what's Mm. being, what's connected, what the download speed, what's being accessed, what's not being accessed, what's the status of that device. When something goes wrong, why does it go wrong? And because there's that client on the device, you can also apply policy controls and say, you know, under these conditions, you can do this thing. Now, this this client is not just a laptop client. This is for any device. NetMotion software has developed clients for Android, iOS, and so forth. Yep, Android, all the main major OS. I'm sure you could find some funky Nokia thing that it doesn't run on, but (laughs) (laughs) the overwhelming majority of devices you could think of it would run on. So does this class, you said ZTNA, which is zero touch network access, um, zero trust network access. And the idea here is that you trust nothing on the network until it's passed through some perimeter that you've created. And the way NetMotion does that is with the agent on the edge device, Mm-hmm. And that then lets you define SDP, which I which is secure software defined policy. So there's a centralized controller talking to the agents, and that's how we get this capability that NetMotion brings. Effectively, yeah, you're creating a one-to-one connection between the user and the resource they need in the moment that they need it. So the legacy approach to network access is: oh, you've got the right login. Here you go. Here's access to the entire network. Uh-huh. The software-defined perimeter approach is to say that, or zero trust approach is to say that, okay, you need to use this service. You need to use Salesforce, let's say. Well, what network are you on? 
what are the conditions, what application you're trying to, to access it with. Is it web browser? Uh, uh, and really, where are you in the world? Inspect the conditions of that request and then say, okay, here you go. Here's access just to Salesforce. You can't go laterally move to, to another resource just because you got that mm. authentication. So this is sort of beyond the traditional, typical IPsec VPN where I'm just setting up one tunnel, it comes into a concentrator on my premises and that's it. Exactly. I think it's, it's a more granular approach, right? It's like a scalpel rather than, I don't know, a big hammer or a baseball bat. It's, it's a precise way of reducing the attack surface. But at the same time, it sounds like I can get this sort of fine-grained policy control because, as you mentioned, I'm going to have different access requirements. Like, I may need today to access an application that's on the corporate premises, but most of the time I'm going to be working in the cloud. And does this mean instead of having to backhaul everything through a corporate firewall, I can give users access to, from their home network, just go up to a cloud resource? Yeah, and I think that's the intention. It's to try and say does this user really need to go all the way back to the corporate network just to access this resource? And again, it comes back to the culture of the organization. Maybe you want it. Maybe you want the belt and braces. Maybe yep. Office 365 does get tunneled, but maybe it doesn't. And the point mm. is every organization is going to be slightly different. And sometimes you want to send traffic you know, down the VPN to the head office. Sometimes you want to break it out locally, but sometimes you also want to send it off to a CASB for scanning and long-term logging of content. Yeah, I think the future is one in which lots of these networking technologies coexist. At the moment, there's a bit of a scrap, uh, but I think mm. it's, it's an and conversation rather than an or conversation. There's so many, and that's, that's the other part about this, is there's so many ways to build a working from home strategy um, that it can be difficult to find one that's right for you. But the agent-based approach is pretty intuitive to me um, in the sense that this is like, here's the device, I put a thing on it, I can explain that to the user, whereas other approaches are a bit more complicated. I think they are. And, you know, as, as a marketer, I promise I didn't talk about marketing, is having to draw dry diagrams about how these things work, get very, <laughs> very, very quickly, lots of arrows. Uh, yeah. And I think it, it is a bit more intuitive. The, the thing we like about having an agent down there is that you don't have to send data to the cloud. You don't have to do your decision-making at a choke point. You're doing the decision-making right there and then. You're doing the enforcement right there and then, which completely minimizes that latency and minim uh, improves that user experience. It's invisible to that end user. So this agent endpoint gives you some, I guess, significant visibility both into where users are going, but also performance, right? Yeah, and performance is possibly how some of the people listening will have heard of NetMotion. And that's kind of where our reputation and our background is, is enhancing the quality of that network connection, whether that's persisting um, a session, even when the network drops or switches between two different networks, enhancing audio and video, which of course has been very big in the last few months. And in general, doing whatever it can from a technology perspective to once again, improve that end user experience of sat at home trying to get their jobs done. Okay. So in addition to security policies, you can also do some experience optimization. Yeah. And often NetMotion is brought in to make other things work. You know, you maybe you've spent $10 million on some custom SAP application and no one's using it because it doesn't work or because you're switching networks or your field officers are uh, roaming around between different cellular networks and Wi-Fi networks and it just doesn't work. And so... Because NetMotion improves that performance, it's often layered in on top just to make other systems work. 
So one of the things I mentioned at the start of the show is um, trying to strike a balance between the organization's security and uh, an end user's privacy because folks are now at home. They may be on a home laptop. They're certainly on their home network and everybody is living their lives entirely online now. So how do you, how does NetMotion allow organizations to kind of strike this balance in that I don't need to see everything that they're doing at all hours if that's part of the corporate culture? Yeah, and it comes down to what data do you want to see? You know, what administrators want to get it? Who's your GDPR officer? Do you want to suppress the publishing of data at different times? Do you want to have different policy at different times? Perhaps uh, nine to five has a different set of policies than after five o'clock. Maybe you don't mind your employees watching Netflix or even you know, gambling content or something like that, mm-hmm. but as long as it's not in work hours. And one thing I've noticed in 2020 is that 2019 and before, there was a lot of fear around this privacy concept. And mm. what's being kind of accepted now is organizations are being a bit more understanding and liberal about employees' rights. <laughs> not exactly, not exactly a, an, an inspired you know, <laughs> reaction to the situation. They, I, I'm sure that they changed from the goodness of their hearts when they saw the amazing value of supporting their their employees as adults. It's more of a, you don't have a choice, so suck it up. But there's also, there's also been something on the other side where employees have been a bit more understanding, like, okay, actually, my company did give me this device. There, there are a degree of aspects that I sign up to just mm-hmm. by having this and accepting this. It doesn't mean I can do whatever I want. This was given to me. Mm-hmm. I, I am beholden to their policies, even when I'm not sat behind my desk. I, I do think that's changed. Yeah, I do. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can imagine a, a corporate policy that blocks Netflix uh, after you know 6 p.m. would probably result in an uprising. It <laughs> doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, what are you doing on your laptop? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, as you say, every organization is different. Some of them have legal responsibilities. And so the laptops are, you know, the corporate provider devices are fully locked down and your personal devices have no access to the network, you know, and, and people walk around with two phones. But you might work in a different business, which says, you know, between nine to five, when you're at work, we want to know that you're doing the things that you want to do rather than, you know, at least taking reasonable steps to ensure good behavior. And, you know, maybe employees need a little encouragement to stay focused at this particular point in time. And I wanted to move to always, a... Sorry, just one more oh, thing yeah. on that. Employees don't always know the safety of their network. Maybe you're connected to a hotel wife or an airport wifi that's a bit dodgy. Do you trust your employee to know what's best to do there? Mm. Or do you automatically kick in a policy that says, all right, these are the shaky conditions. Let's maybe have a little bit more strictness around what they can and can't do. Mm. All right. Well, that about wraps up our time today. Joel, thank you for being with us. And thanks to NetMotion for being a sponsor. If folks want to find out more, where would you send them? I think the best thing to check out is that research I touched upon earlier, the 630 IT professionals we polled. And you can go and access that for free at netmo, N-E-T-M-O dot I-O slash packet pushers. All right. That's netmo.io slash packet pushers. Uh, Joel, thanks for being with us and thank to everyone for listening. You can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our community blog. That's at packetpushers.net. You can follow us on Twitter at packetpushers. Find us on LinkedIn, like us on Facebook and rate us on Apple Podcasts. And last but not least, remember that too much networking would never be enough. <laughs>